1: This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcast. Now part of the
2: Evergreen Podcast Network.
1: All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Frescott, and welcome back to our podcast. Tommy, what do we got? Well, today we're going to look at, um, we're getting a little into
2: like relics again, right? Artifacts. And we're looking at one that's supposed to grant the user... From, you know, some powers, and it's um, presented through multiple like battles throughout history. A lot of great leaders supposedly held this, and it was fought over and pursued. Um, so we're going to take a look back a little bit about the spirit of Destiny and how faith is really what made it important, and because people believed in it, it had power. Whether that's mystical power or not, that's something that you can decide for yourselves, but people believed it had power, and that's why they wanted it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, talk about believe in power. This was in DC Comics, right? I, this has been well, in, in multiple movies. There's
2: movies, yeah, it's it's,
1: but it actually,
2: there are physical examples of the Spear of Destiny again, whether or not it's a real one. That's a total, or it's the one. We'll get into what it was and what it's supposed to be. But there, people believe no, this was a real thing, physical object that we have. Well, there's several of them out there right now, and that these they can give give the power abilities and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I'd uh, be precise. The holder of the spear. Uh, is believed to have the power to control the destiny of the world. However, there's one uh, fatal caveat to that, that once the holder ceases to own the control of the Spear of Destiny, he will soon there or she will soon thereafter die um again myth of it all but let's uh let's kind of get into this idea of what is the spear of destiny then we'll kind of get into nazis and all this because that's kind of why it becomes popular in our pop culture is because yeah. supposedly hitler was obsessed with it which is why that's kind of how when you start looking at it in po- popular culture that's really what it's concentrated on but we'll really go back and talk about like the origins of the supposed holy lance because that's also what it's known as yeah, the holy the spe- lance the
2: holy spear spear of destiny right uh, lance of longinus Yep. So, Tom, um, so,
1: in the most basic principle, right? Like, what is it? Just just quick one sentence, and then I'll get into some background.
2: Basically, it is the spear that the Roman um, L- Langinus used right. to
1: pierce the side of Jesus
2: as he hung on the cross.
1: Yep. Right. Yep. In the most basic principle. That's kind of what it is. This is not a, a Christian podcast in any way, shape, or form. No, no, no. We're not um, preaching
2: religion. Yep. Or that this is what it was, but this is where the legend starts.
1: Exactly. So just kind of real quick, I want to touch upon the idea of a person of Jesus, the historical um, figure, Jesus, not the Christian figure of Jesus. Billions of people believe that Jesus of Nazareth is one of the most important figures in world history, primarily because of the start of Christianity. Um, However, a recent survey conducted by the Church of England actually believes that um, saw rather that 22 percent of adults in England do not believe that Jesus was a real person. When you start looking at the historiography on Jesus of Nazareth, you start to realize that there was really it's undisputed, you might say that this person actually did really exist. whether you believe you know Christianity and and what he stood for symbolism wise um, there was really no discrepancy in in saying that, This was a real person. Now,
2: yeah, he was real. Whether a son of God, that's a whole different thing. But a physical being of Jesus of Nazareth, yeah, that was a real person, at least.
1: Yep. Uh, There's no archaeological evidence that he's that he existed, but also we don't really have any archaeological records or evidence for virtually anyone that lived in Jesus' time, right? Especially since he was considered at the time by the Romans um, as kind of unimportant, like you know, almost like a peasant in a sense. So there wouldn't have even been any real archaeological evidence. However, he is mentioned initially, that's kind of where it gets interesting, because the documentary evidence of him really starts with the New Testament. And obviously, people will say that's biased, because that's a Christian gospel that talks about his existence. But it's quickly corroborated also by Flavius uh, Josephus, who was the first non-biblical Jewish historian. And he first wrote about Jesus existing as a person in 93 AD. It was a massive 20-volume history of the Jewish people. Also, shortly thereafter, you have Roman historians also in about 96 AD writing about Jesus', exist- Jesus existence. You, It's not just the Christian Bible that talks about his existence. Um, it is corroborated, and all this information fits in like puzzles that this person was seen as a troublemaker, was seen as someone that was enticing um, the people against Roman rule. And for that he was crucified, and that's kind of where we get into a story of the Holy Lance, right? So why is he stabbed anyway? Um, once he's crucified, Tom? Well,
2: that's just what they. That's what they did in crucifixion, right? Like it yep. was just a way to speed the process up yep more or less also very painful obviously it pierced the sides and then that would bleed out while you're being suspended there these remember i know that becomes like a symbol of christianity jesus on the cross to cross but that was a very common uh practice way of, to go yeah of of punishment of death of in during that time as i the romans did they crucified people they literally were nailed to a cross and then you were left up there to die for others to see, yeah. you know, bleed out
1: essentially yeah. And they said that they would eventually after, if you didn't die quick enough, they try to, they would break your legs when you were up there. So they, so what essentially happened here is while this, yeah, Jesus is on the cross, the Romans uh, sent the guards to kind of make sure, uh, basically to break his legs to just make sure that he's dead and to hasten to death. And then they realized that Jesus was already dead. And just to be sure, you have um, this one particular guard whose name is, was it Longinus? Longinus, right? Yeah, Longinus. He takes a spear and allegedly he pierces the side of Jesus as he hangs on a cross just to make sure that Jesus is dead. Now, this is where you get some myth, myth you know, myth really kind of comes into play right away. Because what happens to a Longinus? Well, some of the blood spews out and yep. it gets in
2: his face, particularly on his eyes. And he was apparently had bad eyes. He was blind or cataracts I guess you could say and the yep. blood from Jesus heals it instantly. Yep. So he heals his eyes so right away now he becomes a believer. He's actually like you said I know we've talking about this before he later becomes a saint and he he St. Longinus and he's actually crucified himself because he starts preaching about what happened. in yeah, so, Christianity, b- yep. So basically him him doing this, okay, it makes him a believer. And then actually I guess sets the groundwork for the spear and what 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 it can do because of what Longinus says. So it's also also known as the Spear of Longinus in a lot of circles. And um, yeah, so that, that's when it, it has these healing powers, these powers that whoever wields it will have great power, not just physical power, but the power to control their own destiny. That's also why it's known as the Spear of Destiny.
1: Yep. Let's kind of go into supposedly what winds up happening to this spear, right? Because as you mentioned earlier, we think we
2: have the spear, Well, there's. But- there's a lot of it, right? So yeah, other remember that. One reason why this is, so in Christianity in general, they like relics, okay? Christianity, like they have like the relics of the saints. Jesus left no relics. Yep. So that's why anything associated with him is a big deal, like this spear. And there's, yeah, there's not like, there's not one spear of destiny or there's not one clear cut spear of destiny, let's say. So there's at least three disputed relics of the Holy Lands. Yep. okay? So the Vatican doesn't claim that any of them are authentic, all right? Uh, but there are actually three of them, and there's actually a, there's some history behind why there's three, because there were copies made that we know of. The spear broke at one point, at least that's what people talk about. So th- that's why there's different, more than one basically out there, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. And I think, I guess we'll start, we'll start by discussing the Roman one, and then we'll go to the one in Vienna, right? Like yeah. I was transferred over. And there's also one in Poland, but we know for a fact that it's a replica. The main one initially so, supposedly kind of comes into play in 615 Jerusalem, right? Uh, mm-hmm. 615 Jerusalem is captured by the Persian forces. And according to the history of it, it was during this capture of Jerusalem that the lance itself is found. Therefore, it is brought out of Jerusalem. However, it is also broken off at this point, right? And the tip of the actual lance is yeah, snaps yeah, off. Yep, snaps off. It is brought to Constantinople and it is hidden in a church, uh, the Church of the Virgin and the Pharaohs. Um, that's the that just the point of the lance. And from this point, like we don't really sure what happens to the rest of it. That's we'll get back to that in a second. Eventually, what ends up happening is this tip of the lance is acquired by the Latin Emperor. Of Constantinople, Baldwin II, who later supposedly sells this tip of the lance right to Louis uh, IX of France. The Ninth of France, yeah, and that was because he knew the
2: importance of that to the rules and the rulers of Western Europe. Basically, he knew he he could get a lot of money for it, get some prestige for it, right? So,
1: yeah, because there's already a belief at this time, you know, people that possess this, this is. 600 right but if you possess this lands you will be which is also kind of crazy like if you own it right i mean you kind of have to be cocky if you're the the emperor of constantinople and you're like i don't need this land it's like even though everyone believes that it gives someone so much power it's like i'm just going to sell it to france so it does it gets sold to fr- france and it kind of disappears for a little bit right uh the larger oh, because portion- because
2: of the french revolution yeah they, they believe that they took all the relics and uh hid them somewhere
1: yep And then you have the larger portion of the land, like the remainder of it, Yeah, um, supposedly is still left in Jerusalem. And it's seen around 670 in Jerusalem. Um, But after that, after Jerusalem falls, it kind of never really is talked about. Some believe that it was also brought over to Constantinople in about eighth century, together with another relic, which is the crown of the thorns. Which we still also don't know if that's the crown of the thorns that was placed on. Yeah, there's,
2: that, there's several nails that I think um, I guess we talked about that wind up getting added to one of the spears, right? Did you see
1: that? And they, yeah, they that's were, kind of the key. That's what makes it uh, legit in any way, shape, or form. They were right?
2: the, they were the nails from the crucifixion that were obviously added to the spear. So this it's not the spear gets changed
1: over time, also. Yep. Comes out again in 1357. The blade of holy lance is seen. This is interesting, it's seen both in Paris and in Constantinople. So now it's like, wait a second, like, did Constantinople like keep it, or did they actually sell it to France 100 years prior? Because there is now the discrepancy of there being two of these spearheads. Am I good so far?
2: Yeah, that's what I was finding too. Yeah, so they were basically, and base. there I was reading a lot that there was that was all written by someone named, um, Sir John um, Mandeville, that he saw it. And a lot of historians go back and say he's not exactly the most um, trustworthy source, most trustworthy witness. But he was doing a lot of travels during his time, and he says that he saw the lance that um, pierced the pierced our Lord's side. But then there's some other people that also talk about seeing it, and we, we, we see it mentioned in some other texts around 1430s, right? So that's where mm-hmm. they think I had to be in this general area. Cause again, it is a physical object. This isn't like being made up as far as like, Oh, it's out there and we have to find it. No, there are physical objects that are being presented as the spear,
1: this Lance. Yep. So this is kind of where you have a little bit of an explanation why there might be two, because the Constantinople for uh, the relic the one that's one remember there's one in Paris and there's one in constantinople and the one in constantinople falls into the hands of the turks in 1492 and then once that happens the sultan the Turkish uh, sultan sends this tip of the spear to pope um to the pope right pope, the, um, innocent eighth innocent um, yeah and he's saying this mainly because he's like, look, you could have this spear of destiny because you are keeping my rival brother prisoner, and I don't want him to come back and try to take over from me. So at this time, so this is how the spear of destiny makes it to Rome. At this point, we know that there is a rival one in Paris. So what ends up happening is the Pope, uh, actually in mid-18th century, Pope Benedict XIV, gets from Paris the exact drawing and dimensions of the point of the lance that Paris has that was supposedly sold back in hundreds of years prior. And he compares it with the other relic that he has in St. Peter's Cathedral. And he realizes that actually That's it insane. is, uh, there's two pieces of a puzzle, right?
2: Yeah, he says it would form, it would form one, one blade. blade. Yeah.
1: Right. So therefore, it's not two different blades. It was always one blade. And the one that was in Constantinople that is now in Rome um, is just half of the tip, while the other one is the other half. Um, that's the one that is in Paris. Um, and then this relic never leaves Rome. Right. It's, it's still there. Right. Yeah, St. Peter's. Peter's. Yep. All right. So now what's going on with the, the Holy Lands in Vienna? What's going on there?
2: So that's displayed at the um, Imperial Treasury. Right in the in the treasure room at the Hofburg Palace in Vienna, Austria. Yep, and this is the um the it's added has like the typical wing lance right of that dynasty of um, Charlemagne and all those other things. So at yep. different times, it was said to be different lances from um, Constantine the Great in the 10th century. The whole world the emperors came into possession of the lance according to um, talks from Otto the First mm-hmm. uh, and some of the other. People of the time. Apparently, Henry VI also had a silver band big script with the nail of our Lord added to it. This is when they add a lot of. This is the key one. Yeah, this is like the modified yeah. lance. So they added stuff to it, basically to make it even more of a holy relic, right? We're adding the nails from the crucifixion to it also.
1: This makes me think, though, Tom, think about it. It's possible that the Vienna one actually never was the real spear of destiny. It's like they made the spear of destiny from a real nail. That was yeah, used to crucifixion. Well, they,
2: we also know, and we'll cut into it, that a lot of copies of the Spear of Destiny were supposedly made and given as gifts to people. Yep. So some of those, and that's one of the other ones that are out there. They believe is actually a a copy of the original Spear of Destiny that was given as kind of a, a um
1: a gift. Yeah. But I think the credibility of this Vienna one lays in the fact that it has a nail of our Lord added to it. Yeah. Like, that, that's what that's what also
2: gives it because it's still that metal, and it was drenched in um the water and the blood of Christ supposedly. So yep. that also what gives it some of that um credibility yep so it's that yeah, it was it was used in this um coronation ceremony right it was for a lot of uh, emperors like uh, charles the fourth had a, he, he put a golden sleeve over the silver one so it's mm-hmm. again there's a lot of things added to it over time these, these collections of relics were just really um really important at the time
1: when you start looking at it they say that the so many historical figures have possessed this you know this one um Constantine the Great possessed one obviously from the from the other the other one supposedly then you have Charlemagne Otto the Great the pope it's like all of these super known people and powerful people in history have possessed a, a version of this whether it was the other one that was broken into between um, France and Rome or this Vienna one which may have been made after from the nail of of the lord right french revolutionary army approaches right in a, a 1796 um, Vienna, and that's where it's kind of hidden for safekeeping. Yeah, they hide it. Yeah, well, Baron von Hugel, right? He was one part of put in charge of
2: protecting these and he promised to return all the objects once the threat was uh, resolved. That, yeah, that because
1: Napoleon point. really wanted this. He just couldn't find it. Yeah, they yeah. kept on hiding well, it from him. He would
2: have definitely have brought that into battle. Because I remember, this supposedly the spear was used during a lot of the Crusades also. Yep. We kind of skipped that part. But I'm not going to get into every battle, but it was like passed around all these battles and then whoever wielded it, Won the battle, it won the battle essentially, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So imagine uh Napoleon was like, "Yeah, give me that." Oh, secret. he would have definitely used yes, the show, the showmanship of it. He would have definitely
2: just said, hey, "Look what I have." Yeah, and haha. Yeah, definitely used that in the battle without a doubt. No
1: doubt However, he doesn't get it. Um, so no. yeah, the city, uh, so, anyway, so it's hidden. Um, the Holy Roman Empire is disbanded. That's kind of was hiding in eighteen oh six. And the collection itself, were, with everything else, because there's a bunch of other things that were part of it um, that were also important culturally to Vienna, is sold to the Habsburgs. And then the city councils asked for the collection to be returned after the fall of Napoleon. And the Austrian authorities kind of refused.
0: History is the greatest adventure story, but does it ever leave you wondering what the women were doing all that time? What
1: ultimately happens is it is eventually brought back to Vienna and put on display. And this is and where who, we get and, and, and who sees it? Who sees it in Vienna? Right. Hitler. Just... So this is yeah, where Hitler so he... gets really excited.
2: Hitler sees it, and this is what's gonna start all that occult stuff that you know goes back, babe. He actually sees it there and he writes about it, right? In Mein Kampf. Yeah, right? he, he writes... sees
1: it in nineteen twelve. So he's really yeah. young when he first yeah. lays his eyes mm-hmm. on it. And he just so... becomes infatuated with it with it. Yep. And this is where we get this is kind of, you know, it's like the UFOs and whatnot, but uh, you have this idea that there's actually books written about this. I'm not sure if we could put much stock into them, that Hitler really started the war just to get his hands of the spear of destiny. Yeah, I and think that's a little bit give I, a bit there, but <laughs> a stretch. Yeah, but he did he, he he he
2: was interested in it. There's no doubt about that.
1: Yeah, but also there's so much discrepancy in this because when I was researching this, they said that he really just took over Austria just so he could get to the museum and get the Spear of destiny. And yeah, I think that's a bit of a stretch too. Right, that's another one. And then he had, he had
2: other reasons why he wanted Austria to be part of Germany. Of
1: course, like. plus the fact that you but, know, but it, but it fits story.
2: the narrative, right? It makes a good story. So right? that's one reason why it's out there, yeah.
1: And also, supposedly he, well, supposedly when he. The first thing he did when, because you see videos of him, you know, riding through this motorcade when he invades Austria. And um, what a lot of these historians, quasi historians, saying is that you don't really see the videos of him going right to the museum and getting the spear of destiny. Um, yeah,
2: because yeah, yeah. Hitler, too, was a showman. He would have, if he would have went and got it, he was he would be marching around with it. Yeah. You know, he the, would be showing it off to people and we would have like footage of that. Again, like conspiracy people, people would believe, it. like, well, you no, know, all that stuff was like hidden away, lost to history, but. I don't
1: know. Yeah. I don't they had know. it. They
2: had it, <laughs> but it wasn't like, I don't think that was his sole motivation for everything.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't, well, they definitely had it. That's, that's yeah. That's not that that happened. Right. But I don't think he invaded a nation to get this of destiny. What essentially happens. Well, there's another thing also you probably saw this too, right? They said that after, cause it was hidden, which we'll get into in a second, but they're saying that the second it was discovered and taken by the allies that within like, you know, hours. That is when uh, Hitler, you know, took his life. They said even minutes within ninety minutes after the uh, U.S. forces. Yeah, I saw a lot of that too,
2: but I don't know if that how. Yeah, actually, no,
1: because it was found. Uh, we found it much after um, he Hitler had already. It was released. actually
2: in August when we found it. He killed yeah. himself in April.
1: Yeah, so that's so. totally again. But there's like books about this, which gets well again. People can make up history. We live in a different world. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the Nazis are supposedly obsessed with this he hides it right they're not the ss winds up hiding this yeah because obviously they don't want this to a fall bunker. into anybody else's hands it was a bunker right
2: yeah it was it was putting a bunker under their underneath nuremberg castle yeah to protect it from like air raids i believe it was and then they eventually most of it was recovered after well, actually Patton is the one that's actually kind of made like a special investigator to find a lot of these things after the war he was yep. tracked you know, tracking down a lot of these things. So
1: Well, the Walter Horn. He was uh he was a medieval studies scholar. And he wound up actually fleeing Nazi Germany as Hitler was coming into power. And it is this man, this Walter Horn, that serves under Third Army under George's Patton, and he becomes, as you said, like the special investigator for monuments, fine arts, and archives program at the end of the war. And he is tasked with finding not necessarily just the spear of destiny. I mean, he's really you know, tasked with finding all artifacts, but also fine art and anything else that the Nazis took. Because I mean, some of these men in the Monuments Fine Arts and Archives program, which probably could be a podcast in itself, are portrayed and honored in uh, the Monuments Men book and the move- subsequent movie. Monuments Men, actually one of the Monuments Men um, lived in my town um, for the longest time. He has since passed away, but he used to go to the local diner. We used to see him there all the time, which is uh, I forgot which actor played him in the movie, but um, he came and spoke to our school a couple of times. Really awesome, cool. Awesome story, yeah. Um,
2: yeah get that
1: firsthand experience stuff. Yeah, plus it was like 400 – it was 400 of them, um, the service members that worked with the military to basically safeguard any historical cultural monuments from the war damage. Like that was their job.
2: It was important to preserve that stuff without a doubt.
1: Yeah, and that, that's also how we come about having the Allies own the – Lance itself, the yeah. the
2: Vienna one, yes, the, the Vienna, Vienna one, well, the Vienna me, one at
1: least, the yeah, one with the Vienna. nail, the one with the nail.
2: Yeah, and that that nail becomes interesting. I'm sure you saw this too. That yep. eventually, a museum actually in 2003, so fairly recently, gets a lot of per, gets permission to examine the lance. So actually, yeah, remember they took it apart. Present.
1: They took the they lance Took apart. it apart.
2: They did X-rays. They were actually were allowed to remove the main parts of the spear. So they basically were able to uh determine that the main body of the spear dated back around the seventh century. Yep. So and clearly that, not Jesus. Yeah. And then the iron pin. This is what it that came to be a nail from their um crucifixion hammered into the blade they the first test con- um so it was consistent in the length and the shape of a first century ad roman nail right but there was yep. no human blood or anything on the lance but also after thousands of years things could happen a couple years later they research it again and then uh they x-rayed again in this uh, by a different lab and they say that all of it dates back to around the seventh eighth or ninth century at, at at the best that they don't that they um Said even the nail is probably not from the first century A.D. Yeah, and this is the interesting part because it's like so. There's conflicting views there. Yep. But again, there's because there's more than one lance that's called this. No, people are always going to have doubts no matter what.
1: But don't you feel like it's interesting that um, I mean, they had unprecedented permission for this lance right in 2003 to do this this. and the. I mean, we're talking X-ray fluorescence tests, non-invasive procedures, all kinds of stuff. It, and they did say that. All right, the nails probably first century, and um, the you know the lance itself is not. But then all of a sudden you have a whole another, uh, you know, archaeological company that uses other technology, and they're like, nah, it's all fake. It, it's it kind of adds to this, you know, adds to the lore. It adds lore, to it, like
2: right because until. There's so many of these relics or things out there, even when we talked about the ones with about Indiana Jones, right? We did a yep. the podcast on that one, right? Nice plug for an earlier uh, podcast that we did. Go listen to that like, one. There's people are going to believe it one way or another. People are not. And that's really, but like I said before, that's the fact that people do believe it. That's what makes it relevant anyway. The fact that it is being talked about that. We'll get to a few minutes. We'll talk about some of the other ones. We'll talk about how this thing is used in pop culture, like crazy when i was you know researching this i'm sure you too pete there's a bunch of apparently i don't even know this it's like video games called the spear of destiny
1: yeah i did not know that but <laughs> i mean it's funny because constantine remember constantine like yes like that was a good movie back in the day 2005 and I, like i thought yeah. back i was like oh yeah spear of destiny
2: well that's uh, in that uh, hell Hellboy in the comics they talk yep. about that and everything so and it's it's a big thing used in marvel and dc comics even to this day they still talk about it. like when i was researching i was actually found something like, oh this is a good thing it's talking giving like the, all this information about I that
1: it, too, like DC fandom, right? yeah. But, about but then, it. and
2: then it's like, oh, I'm like, okay, the Nazis had it. Then Captain America, like Captain America, because like, it, like, how it's presented, it looks like a real page, and it's, you know, and it's like so it's, again, it's doing the you're research. You're like, wait, what am I reading? I'm, yeah, it's like Captain America saves it. Like right? what? <laughs> so you know, it's because it, <laughs> it, it it's appeared so much in the comics, and it's part of like the mainstream comic history. Because even yeah. dating back to the '40s when these comics came out, they had the Spear of Destiny.
1: Yep. So anyway, so it's a, message, message a here, thing. guys. Message here is, um, don't believe everything you read on the internet. Yes,
2: yeah, so make sure you check your sources. Because I was like, <laughs> because it looked like a real like historical page, and it wasn't even
1: like, boom, and then Captain like, America came. Yeah, I was like, I was like yeah. <laughs> Would make
2: for a good story. Would make for a good story. That's awesome. all right. So, so let's talk about the. Uh, so that's the Vienna spirit, yep. right? How about those are, a, those are
1: the two main legit ones, or three main legit ones that we yeah, discussed. Yeah.
2: yeah, but there's more. Well, you have the, the – I'm not going to be able to pronounce this.
1: It's, Armenia. Uh, There's Armenia. Holy Lance. Well, I, it's not the one I was talking about, but okay. Oh, which one <laughs> are we going to talk about?
2: Well, I think we already – we counted That's one way. The, the uh, one at Hirsch.
1: Yeah, Vaghersh. Yeah, yeah in, in
2: Armenia. In Armenia.
1: Yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we okay. didn't talk about that one, did we?
2: Okay. No, no. But that one they think is probably a um, replica, right? Yeah. It's yep, probably yep. a replica. And it's still there. You can see it. Um, so according to the text, the spear pierced um, Jesus' side like we talked about, and it doesn't uh, specify like where it was kept, but the Holy Lance gives a description of exactly how uh, it matches the Lance. And I think yeah. it's at the gate, right? It's at like the yeah. uh, gate when you walk in. It's right there.
1: And they say that it pro- this one was probably made around like 13th century because yeah, um, that's one when of it's those, first mentioned. Those copies of it. Yeah. In 1655, French traveler officially uh, writes about it, that he saw this relic in, in Armenia. But this one looks nothing like the other ones. If you guys like... Very different. Yeah, this almost that.
2: looks like a like a key.
1: Yeah, it looks like a key, and it's almost it's not gilded. It's got no gold. It's got nothing on it. It makes me think of, like, when you think of it, going back to Indiana Jones, at the end, yeah. when he's, like, searching the for the Holy Grail, Grail. it's, like, yeah, the plainest that, one.
2: Well, it was probably the one that, if it's going to be a spear, like, it, it is a spear. Like, it's that's it. Like, it's this very...
1: It makes you think, right? it's not like they had golden spears.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, no. Longinus yeah. was not doing it. Yeah, they add all this other stuff uh, to yeah. it. And then there's one that you actually saw, right? That's in uh, Krakow, Poland. Yeah, it is. Yep, that one's like really gold. Yeah, you
1: know, it, that one's uh, kind of sin. There, uh, it, it was a gift. It was a copy, and it was a gift uh, that was given to the Polish king in 13th century. Um, it's at the Wawel Cathedral, um, in Poland. It's still there. I was there this past summer. Uh, it just it, this one looks like really fancy. Like you could tell it was a gift to a king. Like let's. Make this one gold and pretty, so you have the power. It's more like symbolic of like you. I'm giving you the power, but yeah, that's pretty much that. So, what else are the only ones? I mean, obviously, you could probably buy one on eBay. <laughs> well,
2: yes, yeah, well, I'm sure a replica <laughs> or something or or something uh, something like it.
1: All right, so uh what else? Do you have another? I mean, there's another one. Wasn't there another one that was found supposedly in the? Uh, Anton- in, Anton- in, in Antonach, Antonach yeah, yeah yeah
2: by the by the monk uh Peter Bartholomew reported that he had a vision which Saint Andrew told him where it was buried so he actually like and they dug up the church and that's a, they dug up underneath the church and that's where they supposedly found the holy lands of Antioch right and they think it probably dates back to when the um crusaders like broke the siege of and secured the city that uh, that could be once but all of them say argue that this could be their their true holy lands too again it's one of those things you're not really going to be able to Prove they believe yeah. it was probably around the 10th century, though.
1: Crazy. So, um, and again, the power—you know—it it has a—we like, don't there's a lot of stuff we don't know, but apparently, like when possessed with care, right? And it's, it was carried by many kings and emperors, right? To well, they to had, yeah. Battles.
2: I mean, again, it doesn't matter what it, people believed it. So, yeah, I know. I keep on saying um, that.
1: But. They say that Attila the Hun was forced into retreat because um, Theodoric had it with him, um, and then in possession, you start looking at it. Longinus obviously was killed after afterwards because of it so it's almost like he just the idea of like once you get rid of it you do you, you die uh charlemagne carried the spear through 47 successful yeah. battles they yeah. said then he dropped it but how do you accidentally drop that
0: yeah like
2: I don't if, know, if, no. if it's making you win i would like yeah. i don't know duct tape it to your arm or Slow something motion. Like make, no. make sure you don't, make sure you
1: don't lose it you know but um and then Frederick Barbarossa, right? Holy Roman Emperor died. This is, again, we don't know this, but uh, the th- theory is that he dies within minutes after he accidentally drops it into a stream on a one fateful river crossing. Like, imagine that. It's like, I will win this battle. Oh, no. <laughs> like, that's what? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then, obviously, is the thing about Hitler um, dying shortly after the spear is recovered by the Allied troops, which we know for a fact is not, happening coincidentally at the same time like this happened months later which may kind of takes away from the credibility of the other stories of holy roman emperor dropping it in a stream and then dying minutes later like again crazy so
2: what do you think pete would you like uh the, when you went to go see it would you tempted to like do a smash and grab or no? Yeah, seriously. Grown for it. So, so you could get it and just run out and see what would happen? And like, uh, I, was,
1: I was like, I'm bringing this back. Bringing this back. Bringing this back. Uh. Take, take things over? <laughs> you know? Wasn't yeah. like calm no? Wasn't like calling No, it you. didn't really do it for me. No, no. There's... No. Yeah, didn't do it. Nonetheless, uh, so the Holy Lance, guys. The Spear of Destiny. I'm sure if you uh, are into comic books or if you watch movies, I'm sure Hollywood is not done with this, pure no, episode. I'm sure
2: it'll be in other things because it's a it's a story that they can always put some sort of spin to, yeah, right, and what's going to be. But yeah, there, like I said, there's novels, there's movies, there's TV shows that use it as a main pl- plot. I'm sure there'll be other ones uh, coming up, and there's other ones too. This is not the only relic of Christ. Obviously, there's the famous the Shroud of Turin, is probably another yep. one of the most famous, like the the Holy Grail. Like these are the other things that are these relics. because there's no physical relics of them, so they have these other things, which you know, it doesn't so matter if they're. they're It doesn't matter if they're true or not. It's just the fact that people believe in them. That's what gives them their power.
1: Anyway, that was an entertaining one. Different, yeah. Different, different. We try to to aim for the different, you know, sometimes, sometimes. Once in a while, yeah. Yeah. Switch it up. (laughs) Well, anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in once more to listen to our podcast. We really do appreciate it. Um, If you guys need to find us, you can find us at www.historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com please uh, make sure you guys uh, click that subscribe button wherever you listen to this podcast. And please leave us a review. We do appreciate those. So thank you so much, guys. And we'll see you next week. Stay safe, everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast
0: at gmail.com. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad,